Hey legends, happy Friday and welcome along to Hellmove Hotline. I'm your host Rodney Stewart and since it's Friday that means we're into the horror movie section of the week and uh, we're getting close to the end of the Friday the 13th series here. Uh, pretty much the end of... The, no, hold on, we've got another one after this. Sorry, I forgot about Jason X, so we still have to do that one yet. And uh, of course there's the remake, and then there's Freddy vs. Jason, so we've got a bit to do yet. But this one here is Jason Goes to Hell, the final Freddy. So, uh, yeah, you're kind of like, hmm, alright. They're promoting the movie here. That is the final Friday again. Uh, it's not like that ever happened before. This is the final Friday the 13th movie. Uh, like it or lump it. But, um, yeah, so, as I said, you know, cash cows, they're constantly going to go back and check them out every once in a while. I know it's been a lot of years right now since we've had uh, a Friday the 13th for Jason movie, whatever way you want to look at it. But, uh, yeah, I'm still... Not going to be surprised if we do start getting the reboots, getting thrown under these very shortly because uh, they just seem to be rebooting the crap out of everything else. And I know that they do a remake of both this and Freddy the Third, or sorry, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which, well, the Nightmare on Elm Street one wasn't great, but I haven't checked out the, the remake for this one yet. But um, that's where we're at. It seems these days is uh, it just seems like all the the original ideas at this point have seemed to have been used up, and you know it just seems that uh, they're they're rebooting steady these days. Um, yeah, or the you know if they're not rebooting stuff, they're doing a lot of things that are continuations of. Existing properties like uh, Lord of the Rings right now. I just got a show out on Amazon Prime there for The Rings of Power. I think that one's called. Uh, curious to check that out. But it's got nothing to do with horror. Goodness knows why I start going down these roads. But I do, so I do apologise. But uh, we're here for Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. This was the one that I was remembering throughout the entire run of watching these here. I always had that memory of the the hockey mask lying on the ground and Freddy Krueger's hand coming up out of the, the ground, grabbing the mask and dragging it to hell. Could never recall which of the movies it was because back in the day we would have spent, uh, me and a couple of friends would have got together on a Friday uh, after work and whatnot, and we would rent a few movies, usually horror and whatnot, and get a few beer on, and we would sit and watch these movies on a normally a Friday night. But uh, there was that much drinking and smoking and fun happening that you know most of the time the movies were like a just background noise. And whatnot, and like some of them were watched, and some of them weren't watched. And this one here was kind of one of the ones that was kind of watched at that stage. Um, so this was released in 1993. Uh, it had a a budget of three million, and it made back 15.9. So I think now you can see 
if you check out the uh, the money that it makes, uh, you could see the the drop and the returns for these movies at this point. The the last three, maybe at this point, you could see a noticeable drop in the amount of money that they were making at the box office. So this one here was let me see. 3 million budget, 15.9 million at the box office. Uh, it became the second worst performing film of the series after Jason Takes Manhattan. Again, that title just told you this franchise has got to a stage where we're just going to have fun with it and just do whatever the heck we want and just be ridiculous with it. Uh, they did uh, this movie here, a bit of a step up from Jason Takes Manhattan, but I have to say, it's not great. It has a good premise to it, but it does, after, which of the movies was it? Um, that movie where the killer, was it Friday the 13th Part 4? Where Jason wasn't actually the killer, it was like a copycat killer. They sort of got down that road in this movie in a way that the killer in it is Jason, but it's not physically Jason until almost the end of the movie, if you get my meaning. At the beginning, it's been a few years after, you know, he supposedly got ended in Manhattan and you know at this point in the movie series they just give up on all continuity and at the beginning we've got Jason in full form hockey mask and everything and he's trying to kill this girl by a lake standard issue Jason movie at the beginning but uh Turns out she's an undercover FBI agent and she's there to lure Jason. Jason, there's a new name for you. She's there to lure Jason into an ambush that's been set up where uh, the FBI and SWAT teams and you name it, helicopters, the works, turn up and uh, literally blow them to pieces. And uh, as remains, they're sent to the morgue. This is all in the opening few minutes of the movie. By the way, Jason gets absolutely obliterated by bullets and grenades, bombs, you name it, everything's thrown at him. He's blown to pieces and the remains are taken to a morgue uh, where his, uh, his heart is still beating. So uh, no shock there. You know, Jason's not going to go out very easily in these movies at all. But uh, this is where they start to go down that road where the killer... As Jason, but it's Jason and all our bodies. The heart's beating, it kind of possesses the coroner, and uh, he actually lifts the heart, and bites under it, and eats it. And that allows Jason's soul to possess him, essentially. So he goes off in another killing spree, and the coroner's body, he escapes the morgue, kills another coroner on there. Uh, a nurse as well, two FBI guards are taken out too um, at Crystal Lake Jason finds uh, 
things are turning up now that they've, uh, they've discovered that Jason's finally been killed. Let's go and camp in the place where he used to kill people. Just to say we were there, we've done it. And unfortunately for them, Jason turns up in the body of another person, kills them anyway. Um, two police officers are called to investigate the murders and Jason kills one of them and possesses the other. So uh, he's, run, he's jumping from body to body in this one. And uh, so the, the effects of what happens the body after the soul leaves and goes to another one the body just sort of decomposes where it's standing it's very very well done I have to say the effects in this movie are fantastic um there's a bounty hunter in here called Crichton Duke and uh he discovers that only members of Jason's bloodline can truly kill him so that's the, that's the setup to this um you get into these ridiculous ideas in the movies and whatnot and people will either go with it or actually hate it but uh you know it's i find that if someone creates a series and uh which is i've got a very very unique way of looking at movies these days um a lot of people either love movies or absolutely hate them i can see them for you know having tried to do a few zero budget projects of my own i can kind of look at them now as you know it is what it is you know it'll either be something that i like or it'll either be something that's just not my thing i just i refuse to actually hate movies at this point although if you do go back and check out one of my short films twilight i do take a stab at that movie series and that uh that short movie but um it is what it is. Um, and in all honesty, I should sit down some point and actually watch Twilight properly. But I digress. I digress a lot here. Um, yeah, so you're either going to love it or hate it. I feel that, you know, if you, and this is completely off subject, but if, if if somebody is in, like myself, is interested in actually trying to create their own content at some point and make a short film or two themselves, you don't actually have the, um, you know, you shouldn't be arrogant enough to actually really start hitting on the work of other people because if you're going to do that there, whenever you do eventually make something yourself, it better be the next Schindler's List or something out there, better be flipping the godfather, you know, you better, if you're going to produce something that needs to be gold, if you're going to start hitting and stuff, so, um, you know, part of me in this movie was kind of like, okay, right, we've got a, uh, a setup here where this guy's worked out how he can kill Jason, has to be a blood member of the family, um, but the flip side to that is, the blood member of the family can also resurrect him you can either destroy him or make him essentially and there's this magical dagger that pops up at the end of the film and you can only kill him if you use this so it's one of these things where you're either going to accept it you're going to make but me having tried to make my own stuff i'm just like okay um probably not what i would have done but it is what it is the people own this uh series of movies they own the the rights to make a movie 
that's down to them. That's either going to be a good choice or a bad choice. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But, um, goodness knows how the frick I get into that there. But I did. So, uh, yeah, this guy, Creighton, Creighton Duke, he discovers all this here. Jason's bloodline uh, can kill him. And he can also return to his original near-invincible state if he possesses a family member. Um, so he needs the blood of his bloodline to resurrect himself. Uh, the only loving relatives of Jason are his half-sister Diana, uh, her daughter Jessica, and Stephanie, the, the infant child of Jessica, and a guy, Stephen Freeman. So he's one of the main characters in here as well. Um, Jason manages to get to Diana's house. Uh, this guy, Stephen, bursts in and attacks him, and in the chaos... Diana is killed, his half-sister is murdered. Uh, Jason escapes um, in the body of this police officer at this point. Uh, Stephen, he's then blamed for Diana's murder and arrested. Uh, he manages to meet Duke in the prison cell. He's managed to get lifted as well for causing trouble. Um, he reveals Jessica's relation to Jason determined to get to Jessica before Jason does Stephen then escapes from the jail and meanwhile Jessica is she's uh, the relationship between these two is her daughter is Stephen's daughter so they're an estranged couple and here things aren't good she is dating a TV reporter Robert Campbell and uh, this is one of these guys that only smug shits that you just know something's not right with him from the word go. Uh, Stephen gets to the Voorhees house to find evidence to convince Jessica but falls uh, through these rotten boards on the floor. Uh, Robert then enters the, the room and receives a phone call. This is the reporter guy and uh, reveals that he's attempting to spice up his show's ratings by emphasising Jason's return from the dead. And he's actually stolen Diana's body from the morgue for this reason. So he's got her stashed in this house. Uh, Jason Borston and transfers uh, his soul under Robert. You know, and... Uh, you know, takes on this new body, and then, then you get the, as I said before, the, the effect of the previous body of Jason uh, decomposing is very well done in this sequence. Um, I do have to say, um, I need to actually look it up, but uh, I was watching this movie and a few things started to jump out to me. Like, we are. Um, setting up in this movie for Freddy versus Jason. Um, sorry, I'm just typing on something here. Um, yeah, the deal was on the on the cards for the uh, the showdown between Jason 
and Freddy Krueger. So we are getting that in this movie. A bit of a setup to that too. But I was getting curious because you know you need to look about in this movie a little bit. There's a few things that will jump out to you, and um, one is blatantly obvious in this movie. The Necronomicon is in the house and that is if you don't know the book of the dead from the evil dead so i take it to be that it was the exact same cover almost maybe a slight change in it but uh very very close to what we know from the evil dead so i was thinking and i don't know if this was ever on the cars but was there ever going to be a connection between and it's highly unlikely now that would ever happen but were they actually gonna at one point maybe cross over a nightmare on elm street friday the 13th with the evil dead could be an interesting concept but you know the book is there there's no getting around it um this is all before uh this reporter boss and then jason turns up kills him steals his body and whatnot um Jason leaves Stephen, he's in pursuit after him and then uh, attempts to possess Jessica in order to get reborn. So that's his whole goal here, Jason. He's stealing bodies to try and get this girl or daughter to uh, possess that body and then that body will actually change into the Jason we all know and love with the hockey mask. So, uh, um, yeah... Uh, Stephen temporarily stalls Jason by running him over and uh, when he tries to explain the situation to Jessica she doesn't believe him throws him out of the car and she goes to the police station to uh, kind of report that my ex-boyfriend or whatever the father of my child has gone mad and he's just tried to kill my current love interest who she doesn't know is actually possessed by Jason at this point um, in the prison or in the jailhouse Jessica meets Drake and is given a mystical dagger um, did I just jump I did jump a heck of a lot through my notes here uh, Jason arrives at the police station as this reporter and he starts killing all around him everybody in his path to try and get Jessica and he almost gets her he's just in the process of just I'm about to transfer my soul over to you change into my old self once again but uh Stephen pops up stops him again uh the chaos allows Duke to escape from his cell and now believing Stephen Jessica goes with him to a diner to retrieve the kid uh she left the kid with her with a babysitter at the diner earlier on uh and of course, you know, she knows if Jason can't get her to go after the daughter. Uh, Jason arrives. He's attacked by the shop's owners. Um, he kills him along with a waitress and uh, manages to. And, uh, there's a little waitress. She manages to shoot him with a shotgun and impale him with an iron rod. Uh, Jessica and Stephen discover a note from Duke. Uh, he's got there before them and he's telling them that he has the kid and he's demanding that Jessica meet him at the Voorhees house alone so uh, yeah he worked out how he can kill Jason 
he's one of these guys that's like, it's just like bounty hunter material and uh, at the beginning of the movie like, he's on TV been under, interviewed about it and he's like I'm going to go after Jason Voorhees I'm going to prove it was all real I'm going to end him I know how to kill him I know how to finish everything so yes this is a setup towards the end of the movie um, Jessica meets Duke and she's given the the mystical dagger that uh, pops up in this movie that there was never any talk of before in the entire series up to this point um, but again these guys own the property they can do whatever the hell they want with it and uh, after Jason takes Manhattan I'll eat up anything they're willing to serve out whenever it comes to these movies because it is just bubblegum for the brain at the end of the day hard to beat I'm loving it um, yeah Duke uh, he gives her the mystical dagger and says uh, she can use it to kill Jason permanently and uh, only she can do it he can't do it because he's not the bloodline uh, a police officer enters the diner where Robert possessed transfers his, his heart into him so uh, yes Jason's got an R new body uh, back at the house uh, Duke manages to fall through the floor into the basement and Sheriff Landis and Officer Randy confront Jessica uh, Landis he's accidentally killed with the dagger which Jessica then drops Jason possessing this guy Randy attempts to be reborn through Stephanie so he goes after her one last time but Stephen arrives at the last second and severs his neck with a machete and uh, Jason's heart which has grown into a de- demonic infant that's uh, you know some of the stuff that happens in here is weird and unexpected and this is one of the things uh, that happens in this movie it's uh, the possession sequence is a little bit different each time and this stage where the body's actually killed and he's still possessed possessing it this little weird baby sized creature busts out of the body and runs across the floor um yeah Stephen and Jessica pull Duke out of the basement as Jason's heart the the baby demon baby sort of thing discovers that Diana's body who died earlier in the movie is into is in the uh the basement of this house of course it's the reporter stole the body earlier on to make it look like there was more to what's happening than what people actually believed. So uh, the the realization starts hitting everybody at the same point in the movie. It's like okay, Jason needs the bloodline, his own bloodline to be reborn. Does the body have to be alive? And everybody takes you know that moment where the, the realization starts to hit them. Oh. Maybe the body doesn't need to be alive. So Diana, that died very early in the film, her body is in the basement. This demonic infant version of Jason realises what's happening and uh, he enters the body and he is reborn. Now, the bit that... uh, And again... (laughs) 
it's one of these things whenever you start to learn a little bit of filmmaking where you're starting to really uh, know continuity on all that sort of stuff and would this actually happen or would it be slightly different and if you're going by continuity uh, Jason should have turned up all haggard uh, no mask and disfigured not a stitch of clothes on him because he just was reborn this is a fresh body it's the Jason body but it's a new version of the Jason body but he busts out fully grown with the the overalls on and the hockey mask is right there so it's like it's one of these things where you're like yeah that's a bit of a jump and believability at this point but again bubblegum for the brain I'm loving it <laughs> so uh, the, the final fight starts uh, Jason uh, or Stephen and Jessica attempt to find the dagger uh, Duke attacks Jason and he gets killed in a bear hug Jason turns his attention to Jessica before Stephen tackles him through a window out into the, the garden of this house the two are fighting while Jessica retrieves the dagger and this fight goes on for a heck of a long time I felt uh, just knowing how brutal Jason Voorhees can be and you see him taking out people in very short order with very very little effort put onto it really but this final fight here um, lasts for a bit and uh, this guy Stephen manages to well not really hold his own but he takes a severe beating off him and I'm just thinking to myself the whole time I was watching it Jason would have took him out a lot quicker than that but it is what it is she, Jessica, um, managed to get hold of this magical dagger. Um, Jason turns his attention back to her before. Hold on, I'm lost my notes again. Yes, she gets the dagger and uh, she stabs Jason through the chest. And as the souls Jason accumulated over time are released, it's the effects at this point are. Late 80s, early 90s, as you can get. It's, uh, you know, some of the practical effects were amazing in this movie. Very, very good. But those effects of, like, the souls escaping the body, just, uh, you know, I think you could do perhaps better right now with uh, your average iPhone. And if you free download, you could probably match this or make it better but uh, it is what it is it's it's right up there with the the souls escaping Freddy Krueger and his movies but uh, yes he, all the souls start escaping from his body as the magical dagger takes effect um, demonic hands burst out of the ground and this effect at the end of the movie is class again practical so uh jason is going to hell essentially at the end of this movie he gets stabbed with this dagger he's got no hope of coming back as the way they're setting it up at the end of this movie um doesn't really hold through whenever you get to 
Freddy versus Jason. But uh, you know, you're going to end off the the Friday the Thirteenth series. This was the way to do it at this point. But they do leave that open ended finish to the movie. So uh, that's great. That end sequence is fantastic. Um, all these arms, demonic hands, burst out of the ground, grab hold of Jason, and start dragging him into the ground. And uh, it's very similar to if you've ever seen the movie Drag to Hell, I want to say it, it's called. Um, it ends off in a similar way where these arms burst out of the ground and drag this person to hell. But for some reason, this one here, uh, there's not so much fire and brimstone been shown as it happening, but it's just, it's... It's memorable. It'll stick in your head for a bit. Um, yeah, so he's pulled into the ground. He's dead. He's been taken to hell at the end of it. They, Jason and... Or Stephen and Jessica then... Reconcile at the end of the movie. Uh, they're going to live happily ever after with their kid. And they walk off into the sunrise uh, holding the baby girl... And uh, it's that nice little finish where, yes, the heroes walk off into the, well, it's the sunrise, it's not the sunset, but uh, it is what it is. Um, later, we get a, a shot, and this is the one I was thinking about the whole time. A dog manages to unearth Jason's mask while rooting through the dirt in the garden. And Freddy Krueger's laugh is heard as his gloved hand burst out of the dirt and pulls Jason's mask into hell. So it was one of these things where I can remember that really jumping out to me because this movie, that's okay. That's better than Jason Takes Manhattan, but it's not fantastic. And that whole idea of Jason's body getting destroyed at the beginning of the movie and he's possessing different bodies to be to get to a point of being reborn was just a little bit too close to that earlier idea in the series where it was a copycat killer I was just like okay I would rather see the real Jason Voorhees you know going through this movie and doing his thing so for me I didn't enjoy the movie so much on the first go around and maybe equally as much in this watching around as well but um I do recall that end to that movie. It was just like that quick little shot of Freddy Krueger's hand and glove bursting out of the ground. It was the last thing you were expecting whenever we watched it the first time around. And the fact that I was looking forward to it so much, uh, the payoff is great at the end of this movie. For a very, very mediocre film that quick shot made it for me fantastic um but i do have to say you know having looking back this is almost the i don't know there's something about jason and x that just is a bit of a uh, there's a disconnect between that and the rest of the series for me i don't know why that is but uh yes this is a if they were going to finish it off this was the way to do it and set it up for Freddy vs. Jason. 
But uh, then, of course, we get Jason X as well, which is one of those films you're either going to love or detest again. There's no middle ground at a certain point in these movies, I feel, in my own humble opinion. Um, the concept of Jason Voorhees is very good, but he's a very, very two-dimensional character as well. Um, yeah, there's not much depth to him. He's just a mad bastard, <laughs> essentially. Um, right. Uh, I need to try and mind my language in these podcasts from here on in because I'm actually putting them on to YouTube as well right now. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's one of these weird things where you, you want to be yourself and just let your thoughts and everything out there in its purest form but uh, you can do that in a podcast you really can they're not as restricted but you know now that I've put these started to put these onto YouTube to kind of help get the show up in the, the search engine I'm kind of more conscious of what I'm saying and how I'm saying it so it is what it is but uh, yeah that's going to do it guys um, I don't think there's much else to say about this movie it is it is what it is it's bubblegum for the brain it's a horror movie it's a Jason movie uh, it does it's thing um, let me just see if there's anything else in the this little search I've got up here on it just going through the characters names um, uh, this film was the first time in the series to be distributed by New Line Cinema. Uh, so yeah, uh, set after the events of Friday the 13th, the film, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, the film follows Jason's spirit as it possesses various people, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we've already done all that there. The film was conceived by co-writer and the director under Cunningham, producer and director of the first film after a low box office returns for Jason Takes Manhattan Paramount Pictures sold the character rights of Jason Voorhees to New Line uh, Jason Goes to Hell was free after he released 1993 so yeah New Line got the rights to Jason and of course this was their idea we're going to cross over that with a Nightmare on Elm Street. But again, um, the Necronomicon popping up in the movie was a bit of a, a shock. I was just like, I was sitting watching it and I was like, that cannot be the Necronomicon and I looked at it. But uh, let me just check that before we go any further. I'm just going to jump on to Google. As we're recording, in Friday, oh, hold on, in Jason goes to hell. Was that the Necronomicon? Uh, hopefully, I spelled that right. The Necro- uh, Let me just see what it says here. The Necronomicon was found by Stephen Freeman in the Voorhees house, implying that it may have been this book that gave Jason his power. In the comic series, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, Freddy Krueger used the Necronomicon to resurrect him, and later to increase his power so he could use it in the real world. 
there you go. So this is a connection to a comic book as well. So yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that you can uncover whenever you just have the common sense to start looking stuff up. Um, so that's new information to me. That's class. I'm going to have to uh, look a little bit more into that there. And uh, we'll maybe revisit that in a later episode of Hellmouth Hotline. Right, that's going to do it. It was the Necronomicon. Uh, the possibilities are endless. That's why I love movies. You can do whatever the heck you want. Uh, as long as you have the the fountain to you actually achieve your goals. So, uh, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review, share it along, all that good social media stuff. I will love you forever. And until the next episode, whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing it safe, and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening. 